0: This is Terrio Media. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to witness an electrifying clash of strategies and success stories in the octagon of real estate investing. This week on the Epic Real Estate Investing podcast, we bring you Jansen Young, the unstoppable force behind the Private Money Institute. After over a decade in the corporate financial arena, Young, a seasoned land flipper and entrepreneur, Steps into the ring to reveal her winning formula for unlocking the gates to passive income. She unveils the secrets of her success, emphasizing the unparalleled advantages of snapping up notes secured by vacant lands. But it doesn't stop there. Discover how she's streamlined the process, making it easier than ever for aspiring investors to join her ranks through her cutting-edge online platforms. Are you ready? Let's go.
1: Hey, strap in. It's time for the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. We'll be your guides as we navigate the housing market, the landscape of creative financing strategies, and everything you need to swap that office chair for a beach chair. If you're looking for some one-on-one help, meet us at REIace.com. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go.
0: Let's go. Please help me welcome to the show, Miss Jansen Young. Hi. Welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing.
1: Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You bet. I've been looking forward to this. And everyone's favorite subject is is passive income because who wants to work for it if you don't have to? Heck yeah. <laughs> so uh, you have a kind of a different way to go about it. I, I followed you on uh, Instagram and I was like, okay, yeah, this. I, I think I want to have her on the show. and We'll talk about this. So before we dive into that and how you generate passive income, go ahead and uh, give me a little bit of your background on how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I am a corporate girl, 13 years in financial services, They took me right out of college, and I never left the company. I absolutely actually enjoyed my time there. But when I was flying all over the U.S., you know, teaching all of these registered investment advisors how they can grow their businesses and grow their wealth, your girl wasn't getting any. So I had to figure out, you know, what am I doing wrong here? And so, you know, I found real estate. You know, I read this book I'm sure no one's ever heard of, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. (laughs) Right? <laughs> and i was i was I have to write that down i remember exactly. that exactly make <laughs> sure i gave it to my husband he read it in a weekend we're like okay we got to figure out how to make this happen so every step that we've ever made in real estate has been with the goal of how do we get out of these jobs and retire early not because i hated my job or i wasn't performing well there it just it was a different phase of life at the time we were getting ready to have our first kid and i wanted to be a parent so you need money to do Understood. that.
0: <laughs> got it. We have similar little background of how we got into real estate. Was I was a real estate agent. Ah. And I had a couple of clients that were investors and I was holding their house open on the weekend. They were taking off on the weekend.
1: There it I was is. Like, okay,
0: wait a minute. I'm on the wrong side of the desk. Like Absolutely. they're getting it, but nothing. your boy ain't getting nothing.
1: Exactly. Right? So, exactly.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. So so many great success story started with the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Tell me, what were the two or three things that resonated with you the most out of that book?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a great question. I would definitely say the whole idea of the cash flow quadrant. So I knew how to make money myself actively. And I was Mm -hmm. completely ignorant to the idea that, wait a second, my money can be an employee too. And I would much rather graduate to Mm -hmm. that side of the scale. So getting a little bit more comfortable and i say like rihanna let it work 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 like let my money go out and do what it has to do and be okay with letting go of some of the reins yeah that was one of the mm-hmm. biggest things that that stood out from us the whole concept of
0: passive income i mean we both speak english we can take the word passive and income, put them together and kind of figure out what it means yeah but it's the concept of pursuing that as the goal like yes. that's the intention that was Like, oh, it's like so simple, but it was still a a huge epiphany. Yeah. So how long ago was that then?
1: Okay. So we started this process six years ago and it feels like I still feel very new to real estate even after six years. But the piece that kind of stood out on my journey was you don't have to know everything to get started. You just have to know the first step. Like It's nice to have a roadmap. Don't get me wrong, but Mm -hmm. just make the first step and it's almost like, God just sweeps the path and it's like, oh, I was waiting for you to make the first step. By the way, here's the next one and the next five. And it's right. been really cool to see so many people jump in my in my path and help move that along. Right. And that actually ties into I don't know if you want to wait, but uh my very first deal and how all that happened because mm-hmm. it was a total cluster and whoa, that man, it turned around. So it was great.
0: Sure. Yeah. No, let's let's talk about that. But you're absolutely right. And it's been my whole philosophy as well that, you know, travel as far as you can see. When you get there, you'll I love see further. That. Cool. So yeah. So take me into uh, your first deal. Where did it all begin?
1: So again, passive income is a goal. So in our minds, we were thinking real estate and rentals. That's the only way to get mm-hmm. there. So we went down that path. Yep. We went to YouTube University. That'll sure. get you to a certain point, but you know, be careful with that. So <laughs> I took everything I thought I needed and we found a deal on Craigslist. I was a fourplex in our city, went after mm-hmm. it and I'm dialing the phone and I'm like, all right, uh, I'm, I think I'm going to buy this quadplex. And my husband's on the other side of me. He's like, "Maybe you have no idea how to do this. I'm like, I'm sure the person on the other end of the phone has a clue. So we're going to figure this out together. <laughs> so I knew enough to go online, find a hard money lender. I knew I had my 25%, my 20% down payment. I had, by the way, that was a loan for my 401k. So huge proponent mm-hmm. of using money when it's when it's appropriate. And we had a little cash in our savings that was going to manage the rehab. We thought we were set. I had no idea what we were doing with the inspections. I'm like, yeah, that looks great. <laughs> Just kept moving along. But three days before closing, our lender backed out. Apparently oh, our debt- hard money lender? Yeah. Yeah. The debt coverage ratio wasn't there. Means- that the rent that property was already producing was not enough to support the loan that we were gonna get, which we knew. That's why we were buying it. We're gonna turn it around. But so naturally, I put on my big girl pants and I called back the wholesaler and said, I'm a fraud. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please don't blackball me, you know? And that was my first experience with someone on, in this industry that was just like, all right, take a breath. Like, what's wrong? How can I help you? And I've got to say the idea that I had, because, you know, I watch a lot of TV and that was not the reaction that I was expecting. And I have to say that anybody who is on the fence about dipping their toe into this world, the vast majority of people that I've encountered, it's nothing but love. And how do we work together to solve these problems? Mm -hmm. So three days out from closing, closing is not happening as far as I'm concerned. He's like, hold on a second. Hangs up the phone. An hour later, he never even calls me back. The title company calls me back and says, you're funded. There you go. Mm, nice. A, a private lender. So where did the money come from? It was a private lender. It was a doctor in the area. He was funding quite a few deals. Um, he had recently been cashed out and actually asked the title company, hey, if you know of anyone who needs a deal, let me take a look. We never met, never ran my credit score, never wow, did anything. That's
0: a, that's a unique story. Yeah. So it was the wholesaler's connection then that yeah. picked you
1: up? Yeah, Exactly. Well, cool. Yeah. So
0: you did another one right away, of course.
1: Of course. I have to, right? So after I did that first one, took the money, I did the Burr method. So buy, Mm -hmm. renovate, rent, and And, and refinance. So during the refinance process, I told the title company, don't send the money back to me. Just send the the money to this other title company. And in Mm -hmm. that purchase, we were buying our first fiveplex, dipping our toe into commercial, which I don't know that I'll uh, do that again, but- uh, not not commercial, but maybe just for one extra unit,
0: right? Based on the uh, the conversations that we've had before, yeah, you're not in that anymore, right? So it's not really owning real estate anymore. You're doing something different. So yeah, Explain yeah. that trend and how it so happened. So
1: I love that question. It's not mutually exclusive, so it's just additive. So we still have the okay. rentals. I'm I'm not looking to sell anytime soon, but in our quest to buy more rentals, we ran out of cash. Um, so we went to our RIA and we're like, I guess we have to wholesale. That's what everyone does, right? Wholesale or flip. Yeah. And at that, I met a gentleman who was giving a speech on vacant land. And I was like, no. <laughs> Why would I do that? But it was really cool because, you know, he, he looked at this audience of 300 people. And he's like, how many of you guys are doing houses? And like, of course, tons of hands go up. And storage units and apartment buildings. Everyone's hand is in the air. And he's like, put them down. How many of you are doing that for land? Out of 300 people, three hands went up. And I'm like, Mm. well, that's because it's terrible, obviously. (laughs) But he's like, guys, Mm -hmm. no, that's, that's your competition. And I was like, okay, I'm, your girl is listening. All right. Right. But still we passive income, right? That's what we wanted. And flipping land Mm. wasn't it. The cool thing about flipping land, the acquisition of that is much easier, I would say, than on houses. Our response rates are a little bit higher. The pace is a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. But it's the disposition. When you go to sell it, that's where you have to be creative because it's a specialized market. And owner financing is just mainstream. That's how we dispose of these assets so quickly. But Mm -hmm. that's what got me hooked. The fact that I could flip and I don't have to flip it, get the cash, hope that I can find another uh, multifamily to purchase. I just... Flip mm-hmm. the land and boom! I automatically have cash flow from that owner finance deal. You work once and get paid for ten years. That sounds great to me.
0: Mm-hmm. How are you doing the acquisitions, though? How are you getting the property so you could sell it on owner financing?
1: So the process is very similar to houses. We we're old school. We still do a lot of uh, direct mail. We've supplemented that with some text message marketing and even some skip tracing of um, social media profiles. But mm-hmm. it's just like any other process direct mail say, yep. Right.
0: But you have to buy the property first, right? Tell me about it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
1: So it's, it's it's very- How did you
0: become the owner that you could sell via
1: Excellent. Excellent. So we prefer the wholesaling method and we'll just double close. So when we set up everything and on closing date, if you can, I have not figured out how to just wholesale it and get the note. You do have to be the owner at some point. So we are- we do need to double close, even if the margins are very high, just so that I can own the property first. Got it. Yeah.
0: So you're setting the seller up with the note then?
1: The seller? No. So the seller typically, I've done that a couple of times, but that's not the standard. So typically on the seller, they are getting cash for their property.
0: So where is, it, where is that cash coming from? <laughs> is it from the buyer?
1: The down payment.
0: Yes. Okay. The down payment. Yes. So the down payment is enough to cover the whole purchase. Yes. Yes. Got it. Yes. And then you got. Now you create the note on the sale.
1: Yes. So my I note, see. I'm really creating a note for my profit, but the purchase is always ha- handled by the down payment.
0: Understood. Now, okay, got it. Yeah. That's one where yeah. that money came. From.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah.
0: All right. So you got. It. So you're just like collecting the uh, oh. total mailbox money. Yeah. No, and it's termites or, or tenants, as they say, <laughs> none of that land, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cool.
0: So you started doing that. So what does it look like today?
1: Excellent question. So in my own portfolio, we were, we still flip land. Uh, my husband has really taken over that, that business and we'd love doing that together. But for, I, I don't want to say unfortunately, but it's the reality. Some people just insist on paying me cash. So what do I do with that? Now the plan was always the same save up the cash and go out and buy another multifamily. But I don't know what markets your listeners are in, but here in Florida, it's hot, hot, hot. And so it was even with having cash ready to go, it was becoming more and more difficult to deploy that into assets that were the numbers made sense. So growing very uncomfortable with my money earning 0% for months, I went out to other land flippers. They're all doing the same thing. But not everyone's in my situation. So other land flippers, they have large teams. They have to make payroll. They have to you know, have extra cash for marketing. So I would go to them and say, hey, you're getting payments. If you would rather have cash, let me know. I did it once, and then it spread like wildfire. And so now I became the girl who does land notes. Got it. Yeah.
0: So you are buying other people's notes so they can – Cash out quickly.
1: Exactly.
0: Kind of like the whole lottery thing. Like you can have the million bucks in payments or you can have six hundred thousand today.
1: Exactly. And I right. personally right. I'll take the slow dime over the fast nickel. Have you listened to my podcast? <laughs> Does something <laughs> sound familiar?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was like three or four things. I was like, I thought like I'm talking to the same person. So how are you making you're flipping land and yeah. you're going to other land flippers? How come you're more cash flush than they are?
1: Not everyone does the same kind of business. In my business, we have decided to go low volume, high value. And I'm going to say high value in your house. People are going to be like, that's it. So, so for me, high value land is $80,000 and up. But in okay. the land space, there are a lot of people who are out there who have no problem doing $5,000 deals, $10,000 deals, not profit. Like that's what the Ooh. land is worth. So the profits are much louder than that. And that yeah. works if you have great systems and great teams. I didn't want that. And so I'm comfortable doing a lot less deals every year, but the deals that I do do <laughs> make sense. And so we Got tend it. to go famine, 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 We're great. Famine, famine, famine. <laughs> so that's where those big right, influxes right. come in.
0: Got it. And that's, that's what business looks like for you today. Yeah. Is we- with a, a large piece, and then we go out and offer cash to all the people with the little pieces.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. But I, you know, I awesome. was really encouraged because when I did my very first multifamily deal, the the fourplex, when I went through all of that effort, remember, this is my first time ever buying a property, dealing with evictions, dealing with tenants who weren't paying and were stealing power from the other building, not even my other tenants. Dealing mm-hmm. with contractors who showed up when they thought they should, not necessarily oh, when they said they would, right. material delays, like all of that. I'm navigating all of these headaches, but at the end of the day, I was cash flowing a thousand bucks a month. I thought that was pretty good from my first deal, but my private lender was getting $1,800 a month and he didn't do anything but write a check. Even in my first deal, I was like, I don't know how to get to that other side of the table. But you better believe I'm going to figure that out. Now, in my mind, I thought you needed $200,000 to get started because that's what he had. But in the land flip, I mean, like I said, I'm dealing with people who have owner financing on $5,000 lots. It is, I see it all the time, $4,000 deals here and there, take that extra cash and put it in. And what's been really, really cool is people who aren't even in real estate yet, like, a lot of my former coworkers who do have an extra 10000 20000 50000 lying around, it's really easy to become a private lender and a note holder without having to, to have the big lead time that us active investors do. Got it. Thanks for sitting tight while we pay our light bill. We'll be back right after this. <laughs>
0: Ever hear someone say, I have too much money? Me neither. Let's get you some more. Back to the show. So what do the typical numbers look like? So you yeah. find someone with a $5,000 note and you call them up and then what happens next?
1: So for something the like... First, how
0: do you find that person? How oh, did you find that person? great.
1: Oh, there are tons of places where you can go to find these deals. So... If you're just listening and you're curious, I would love for you to check out cashforlanddeals.com. You can check out paperstack.com, jklholdings.com. These are all great people that we've worked with in the past. So you can find deals right now, just like you go to Zillow and find a house. So in these online marketplaces, the owners of those notes are just self-identifying. And for your first couple of deals, that's really the easiest way to do it. After you do a few of those, then you can do the same methods that we have for traditional real estate. Direct mail marketing works great. Uh, cold calling, I haven't really tried that for my private lenders, but direct mail.
0: You go to one of the marketplaces, they have a note on a property.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are they already trying to sell it for cash? That's what they're trying to do?
1: They're trying to sell their notes for cash. So, so those websites I mentioned, they those are note marketplaces.
0: Got it. No marketplace. Got it. All right. So you find someone with a 5K. What is the typical offer? What does the typical deal look like that you give them in exchange for that?
1: Excellent question. And so I hate to say this legal term, but it depends. But it's really from a math perspective, right? right? So when, when you go into any investment, you have to be comfortable with what you want out of that, right? Same thing. Everyone sees the same house. 12 different investors are going to have 12 different offers because they have 12 different visions. Same thing on the note space. Mm-hmm. For me, I care about my yield. I want to make sure that my money is doing better than my alternatives. My alternatives happen to be the stock market and debt because now that I am in the retirement phase, I do need predictable income. So I need something that is, I can't use the word guaranteed, but predictable. Sure. So for me, my yield requirements are pretty modest i think so 15 16 i'm pretty happy with that and then if you're brand new it's completely reasonable to ha- have 10 11 but it's just a matter of looking at what are your alternatives if you're not comfortable with the stock market then your alternative is probably a cd okay then you just want to do better than that
0: got it it's almost do like, i know this is a good deal oh what's your money currently getting you
1: exactly then... and let's just do better <laughs> yeah, than so that it...
0: Let's do better than that. Exactly. Precisely. I love it. All right. Cool. So let's look at the uh, the dark and dirty and nasty side of it. What about the businesses? Is the challenge? Where's the Where's the friction?
1: So the servicing side. So it's funny that you said let's break down the word passive income. I have yet to find something that is really passive. There's always (laughs) passive-ish, passive in quotes. Right. So on the note servicing side, it's you now have a bar where you don't have a tenant. But you do have someone who's paying mm-hmm. you every month. Maybe yeah, they want to call and see what's their balance this month. They were a little late, so you got to chase them down mm-hmm. for that. You're now officially a mm-hmm. bank, so every year you got to pull up those tax documents and fill out their 1098s for them every year. Are mm-hmm. you collecting their taxes? And if not, are you checking to make sure they're ta- they are actually paying their taxes every year? Cuz nothing's worse than getting paid back on a loan a 30-year loan, you're four years into it and surprise, that property just went up for auction and you're about to lose it because nobody remembered to pay the darn taxes. So with all of that friction, there's people for that. (laughs) So there's great note servicers out there, Madison Management, Del Toro. We've got some excellent people who this is what they love. This is their genius. Just use them.
0: So that's it, just collections, but then you got people for that. So it's not really an issue anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it's not so bad. But I think one of the biggest hangups that I've had from people recently that are newer to the note investing space and debt in general, um, because like I said, I came from stocks, bonds, mutual funds, but um, I I hung out with a lot of stock guys. Last year, we hit a period of 9% inflation, right? This year, it's a little bit better. (laughs) I mean... What, three, or 4%? Okay, that's nice. If you are based locked, they tell us. Based, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, if you are locked into an asset that is only paying you a fixed nine or 10 or 11% return and you're stuck with this for 10 years, where does that really leave you in terms of your real growth in your money? Right. And that's been a real struggle. We mentioned earlier. I'm really active in the fire community. So for folks who are trying to re- financially independent, retire early, for folks who are on that path, you know, I'm in the Facebook groups and I'm in the those chats. It's there are folks who retired five years ago who did not plan on their grocery bill doubling in two years. So right. when you're stuck in an asset like an a debt asset like these notes, how do you guard against that? And that's been the biggest thing. So for us. Couple of ways that we hedge for that is manage the amount of time that we are locked into a deal. So and anytime we invest and start a new investment, we always want to outperform the market. So like I we said earlier, what's a good deal for me? For me, fifteen percent is a good deal. So far, inflation hasn't reached that level yet. So <laughs> knock on wood quickly somewhere.
0: Yeah. But collectively it could though over a four or five year period if you care to note.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's where it comes down to, are you carrying a note that's interest only? So yeah, you're getting that return, but you're getting that return and it might mean less and less and less over time. Mm -hmm. Or are they amortized, right? Amortized meaning just like your mortgage, you're not just getting interest every month, you're getting interest a little piece of principle as well. Right. So because we're dealing with amortized notes every month, I've got an opportunity. I've got a little chunk of change that I can now reinvest at rates that make more sense as of today. And that's how we one of the ways that we manage that. Got
0: it. Yeah. Inflation. It's a it's an equal opportunity money destroyer. Well right?
1: my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And
0: uh, you yeah. know, when you when you're lending, you're kind of on the wrong side of that equation.
1: Exactly. Right? Exactly. That's what you're talking about. Right. I got it. And so keeping those terms shorter helps. As mm-hmm. a rule of thumb, I love long notes because the longer the notes, the more advantageous the interest return, just because of the way amortization works. But Mm -hmm. rather than staying committed for a full 30 years, it's totally reasonable, even on some of these websites I just mentioned, to call up the person and say, hey, I saw your note for 30 years. It looks interesting. I would really only like to be invested for five. So would you be open to selling five years of payments, not the whole 30? And in a lot of cases, it might actually work out better for both you, the investor, and for the note holder, when you do situations like that, right. and then again, that gives you the flexibility five years from now to readjust to that new market and that new reality rather than just getting locked in.
0: That that went over a lot of people's heads. Just of, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. I know how much opportunity there is in the partial notes, Ooh. and you know we call it here the deal after the deal.
1: Oh yes,
0: and uh, so I get that. Just to play devil's advocate, yeah, you know because. When I first heard the notes or first understood them as a strategy, I was like, oh, gosh, no more property management problems, no more tenants, no more termites, no more toilets, all that stuff, right? But then you start looking at it as like, okay, it's 100% passive and all this, and it's, you know, you don't have to go in and manage, right? Sure. But as I saw it was the inflation thing is one thing, but, you know, the bank, when they're holding a note, that's a liability, not an asset for them. Mm -hmm. And so I saw it as, and it's taxed higher as well because it's taxed as active income. Yes. Right? Yes. And so what we did, yeah, the story being I had all houses Mm -hmm. and then I started collecting losses, right? And I just had kept carrying them forward and I couldn't use them. And then I was introduced to the note idea. So I started seller financing all of my less desirable properties from a management standpoint. Mm -hmm. And was able to take that money in and offset all, all the losses that I had. So, I was able to get more passive and keep more of the money, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I really saw it as you have to have both. otherwise. Yes right? You got to have both. Yes. There's not, not one is better than the other. They both have their pros and cons.
1: Right. And that goes back to what we said earlier, Matt, when you you asked like, oh, so we're not doing houses anymore. We've graduated. No, absolutely not. They're not mutually exclusive. It's just additive. And it's really cool the way that you've managed that by taking your losses from your structures and then applying that to your notes. The way that we've really managed this as well is, remember, I started in corporate. I know. Not everyone does. but So we had a a pretty healthy 401k when I left, both my husband and I. And so when we left, we moved that 401k into a... You look
0: like you're a teenager, which is funny when you (laughs) talk like that. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. I will will take that. Yes. Let me interrupt. (laughs)
1: No, no, you're (laughs) fine. So, yes, two years ago when I retired, um, (laughs) we took our 401ks and we rolled those into self-directed 401ks since we now had an LLC Mm -hmm. and we're official... And then all the money that we had from our 401k, that's what we initially used to go out and we binged notes like crazy. And we blew through that money in about three months buying up Mm -hmm. notes because exactly what you said, Matt, there are no tax advantages to owning notes. So why not put it in an account that is nothing but a tax advantaged account? And Mm -hmm. so I have, and I actually grew up with, there was another really popular coaching program that was teaching people, you know, hey, in your retirement account, why don't you buy houses, put it in there, you know, pay it off over time, yada, yada. But if you're going to buy a structure, for me, it makes a lot more sense to buy that structure in my retail space, and in meaning not in my retirement account, because of all of those beautiful depreciation options that you have. Right. And then the money that we have in our retirement accounts, that's where notes makes a whole lot of sense. But I love, I love your strategy, too, about keeping them together just keeping them balanced yeah
0: every other year the cpa says okay where you know let's balance this out what do you have to sell or do you have to buy more houses
1: exactly that's beautiful oh look you're like giving me some interesting ideas i love it
0: Uh, doing it for a long time i i I definitely look my age i think (laughs) (laughs) all right so what are you most excited about for the future what's going on right now
1: yeah yeah so i ran out of money So yeah. as as what happened like I said I ran out in 3 months which is fun. And so in that quest I you know went to the other land coaches that I was with and got them excited about it. Now they're buying notes for their students, went out to friends and family, got them excited about it. But the deals keep coming and I am flooded with deals. So yeah, I'm I just started working with a couple of friends to make sure that we're educating as many people as we possibly can about this incredible asset. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a little weird that it's all of our notes are secured by vacant land because their notes are not new. I mean, but you're going to see most of them secured by houses, commercial property. Um, so we're a little odd that we only do the land side. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why we love land so much more.
0: Got it. Let me ask you this. You would said something earlier uh, when I asked about like, where's the hair on this dog? And yeah. you said collecting, right? And, you know, if they don't pay the property taxes, then all of a sudden that goes up for auction mm-hmm. How do you protect yourself from that in the event that that happens?
1: First of all, be proactive and have a servicer. That is their job to keep up to date with those things. Mm -hmm. I almost don't even want to talk about if you service it yourself because I'm so opposed to it. But if you do decide to service it yourself, it's having those checklists and being very, very clear on whether you're using spreadsheets or, or software, making sure that you're staying up to date with those especially with mm-hmm. the taxes. So personally, I any note that I have, even if they are not already escrowing the taxes, insurance, and the HOA fees, if they're not doing it, when I purchase it, that's a contingency. So they have to start doing it. I would rather make sure that that's managed in-house. And then obviously on, we hear this all the time, but you make money when you buy. You also protect yourself when you buy. So if you're chasing a certain yield, that's a great strategy, but I am personally not a fan of buying above par uh, or buying more paying more than what the borrower actually owes. Sure, it'll work out in the long run if it works out. <laughs> but if they pay you off but early nice. you just lost money if they uh, there's just a lot of factors I would not do that.
0: right no, I got it makes sense. Well, Janice, it's been a pleasure. If someone wanted to uh, get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to do that?
1: Oh, thank you so much. Call me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I... Yeah, go. Yeah, actually, I'm really easy to get in touch with on TikTok. I'm TikTok at Flipping Without Rehab. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. That's part of my coaching program, so Private Money Institute on Facebook. You can get to me there. And once you log All on right. there, I actually have my personal cell phone. So let's chat. Super. Yeah. All right.
0: Um, so Facebook and TikTok... And uh, there we go.
1: Yeah, sounds great. Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been fun.
0: For sure. Yeah, let's stay in touch. Talk to you soon. And that wraps up the epic show. If you found this episode valuable, who else do you know that might too? There's a really good chance you know someone else who would. And when their name comes to mind, please share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here and I'll take great care of them. God loves you and so do I. Health, peace, blessings and success to you. I'm Matt Terrio, Living the dream.